0: study there in just a moment in Luke chapter 7. Thank you for being here this morning. I hope and pray that everyone had a great weekend and what a delight it is to be able to worship God with the people of God today. I know we have visitors in our audience. Thank you for being here as well. If you have any Bible questions, please let us know. Well as you know we're going through our Bible reading and we are beginning uh, this year, we began this year going through uh, the Gospel of Luke and we're making our way through the Gospel of Luke and this morning I want to share a story with you, uh, a very interesting story that we find in Luke chapter 7. Reading this story, we're actually going to read it this week and thinking about the Bible reading for this week has kind of gotten me thinking about Uh, My preaching. Uh, Preaching now this July, Lord willing, July 2nd will be when I first started preaching full time. And so it will be 10 years since I've been preaching full time now. And thinking about this story that we're going to read made me begin to think about some funerals that I've been a part of. I don't recall growing up going to a lot of funerals. I don't know if you've gone or been to a lot of funerals. I don't recall growing up going to a lot of funerals. I'm sure that I did. But once I began preaching full time, I have been to a number of funerals and I have participated by uh, maybe officiating the funeral but just in general I've been to a number of funerals and there are a lot of funerals that stand out to me. Now all funerals are, are sad in nature. Someone has lost a loved one, someone is mourning and so all funerals are obviously important and yet there are some that really stand out to me and I'm sure that is the case with you. I can think about uh, my own family, uh, this month marks the anniversary of our father's death. And being able, or being able to uh, lead that funeral and speaking at that funeral, I'm never going to forget that. And that was a hard thing to do. And thinking about my grandmother who passed away uh, several years ago and officiating that funeral, that's a funeral that really has stood out to me and something that I'm always going to remember. I can remember another funeral, too, that really has stuck with me. And again, all funerals are tragic in nature. Uh, because people are mourning, people are sad. But there's one in particular where I can still see the brother I was sitting behind him, and I can see him hunched over, uh, crying as he had to bury his young baby boy. And when we went to the front and shaking his hand and just trying to console him as much as I could, I could just see the emotion. Because that's not how life is supposed to work, right? You're not supposed to bury your children. It's supposed to be the other way around. And that funeral really has stood out to me uh, in the years since uh, being there. Another funeral that really has stood out to me was, one, I didn't know the individuals. Uh, These individuals seemingly didn't really have anyone to help them out. Uh, The woman lost the child, and so they needed to have a funeral for for the baby. And that funeral, again, has stood out to me because just seeing how small that box was and just seeing uh, the the pain uh, that these uh, parents had having to bury their baby then there are some other funerals that while sad I think I could describe them as being unusual and what I mean by that I've been a part of some funerals where there are some things that have happened that I was not expecting to happen and maybe I've shared this with some of you but there was one funeral and the the pulpit was much like this or a couple of seats behind me and a brother in Christ I believe it was his mother or father they had died and he wanted me to say something at the funeral and so I had a period of time, and he wanted me to talk about salvation. And so when, I, when someone asks me to do something, I try to fulfill that request. And so while I'm up there talking about the plan of salvation and talking about how you can receive God's saving grace, while I'm up here or up there talking, I hear a voice. And a voice says, okay, that's enough. So now I look around, I'm thinking, am I hearing something? And so I keep on talking. And I hear a voice again. He says, "Okay, that's good. That's enough." And what it was, it was a preacher of that congregation of this denominational church behind me, telling me essentially to be quiet. So, what do you do in a situation like that? I didn't make a scene or anything, and I wrapped up the. Si- I wrapped up what I was going to say. But I've never been shut down before at a funeral, telling somebody telling me to stop talking, in particular, stop talking about the scriptures. And yet that happened. That was an unusual funeral. I've been to some other funerals, too. And I couldn't tell if they were celebrating the life of this individual, remembering this person, or if they were having a party. It was a very unusual funeral where it almost seemed like, you know, we almost forgot about the individual who was being buried, and it was more of a party. Funerals are hard, and a lot of people don't go to funerals, and maybe this morning you're thinking, why is he talking about funerals at 920 in the morning? This is so depressing. I don't want to hear this on a Sunday morning. Well, I'm bringing all this up because of what we're going to read in our Bible reading this week. Have you been doing the Bible reading? We're going through one chapter five days a week to really immerse ourselves in that particular chapter. And Dan already beat me to the punch. He read where my sermon is coming from, so you got a little bit of a sneak preview from Luke chapter 7. Open up your Bible to Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse number 11. In Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse number 11, You could say that this was a very unusual funeral, and we're going to see why this was such an unusual funeral, because of the events that took place here. It's a story that really stands out to me, and hopefully it's a story that stands out to you. There's so much we can learn about our Savior, Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I want to read this story real quickly. It's a short story, and then I want to make some points of application. I want to talk a little bit about the story and what we can learn about our Savior Jesus. So look at Luke chapter 7, and notice in verse number 11. The Bible says, soon afterwards, so this is after he healed the centurion's, uh, the centurion's servant in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Soon afterwards, he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Now, as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin and the bearers came to a halt. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Fear gripped them all and they began glorifying God saying, a great prophet Has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. This report concerning him went out all over Judea and all the surrounding district. Would you agree with me that this was an unusual funeral? I've never been to a funeral like this, and we're not going to see something like this at any funeral that we attend. But I want to talk a little bit about this unusual funeral. There's some thoughts that I want you to consider. First of all, when you go back to Luke chapter 7, it's interesting. You look at verse number 10, as he's going into a city called Nain. His disciples were going along with him. So you have one crowd. You have Jesus uh, with some disciples following him. And it says that it was accompanied by a large crowd. The disciples and Jesus, there was a large crowd with him. And then in verse 12, it says Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. So what you have here, you have these two large crowds. That are basically gonna be meeting at the gate. And so Jesus and his disciples are gonna be coming upon this funeral that uh, that is taking place. And as you think about this story, there's some powerful thoughts I want you to keep in mind and some individuals that we need to consider. First I wanna talk about I wanna talk about the widow. If you look in verse number twelve, we see here What Luke says, he says, Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. What comes to mind when you think about this woman? you think about this woman, this woman is in a very difficult position. You think about her situation here, this woman, she has no family. Think about this for a second. We know that she's a widow, but there's something else for us to consider that she has been in this situation before. She has already done this process of having to carry out her husband out from the city to be buried. And now, as I said before too, no, uh, no parent should ever be in a situation where they have to bury their own child, and yet that's exactly what we find. We find here that this woman now is burying, and I think this is being emphasized for a reason, her only son, the only son of his mother. And she of his mother, and she was a widow. So when you think about this situation here, a woman who was in this situation in the first century, she's in a lot of trouble. Trouble in the sense that she doesn't really have anyone to rely upon anymore. Her husband has died, and now her son has died. And that could be the case as to why it says that the entire city was with her. I don't know. Maybe they knew this man. Maybe they were really familiar with this woman. I don't have all the details about that. But what we do, what I do think is that this 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 woman was in such a terrible situation that people around her understood how difficult it was going to be. And that's why we see this sizable crowd that was with her at this time. Now, up to this point, there's nothing really unusual about this funeral. Uh, this is taking place. They're going to bury Uh, Her son, they're going to do it rather quickly. Sometimes you think about our funerals, they may take a week or two for them to really take place, but this is going to happen fairly quickly. But when you start looking at what Jesus did, this is where it begins to get a little bit unusual. And I want you to look at verse 13. In verse 13, we see something from Jesus. Listen to what he said. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And again, as you're reading this this week, really think about the words that he is saying and the fact that he's telling this woman at a funeral, don't cry, do not weep. That's typically something that you're never gonna say. I gotta tell you, one of the most, at times, uncomfortable situations is trying to figure out what do you say to someone who has lost a loved one? I don't have the solution. I don't have the answer because emotions are all over the place. And I think one of the best things to do it's to simply be there for the person, to be present, to be there and to let them know it's okay to cry. And yet Jesus is telling this woman in verse 13, do not weep. And it gets even more unusual. Look at verse 14. He came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers came to a halt, and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So here's the second thing. This is really unusual. First he said, do not weep. And now he's going to the coffin, and he's telling the young man, get up. And, of course, certainly this would have caught everyone by surprise. Indeed, this would have been shocking. And this is what makes the funeral so unusual, that he's telling this man to arise, and that is exactly what took place. Again, I've never been to a funeral where someone has said something like that before. And someone will never say anything like that. If they do, they're they're not really thinking about what they're really saying. Because people don't have that power to raise someone back to life. And yet he's doing this. And keep in mind, remember, who's seeing all of this? His disciples are seeing this. The crowd that was with him, they're seeing this. The people that are coming out of the city of Nain, they're seeing all of these events that are taking place. And so when you think about all of these details, it really does become a very unusual funeral Not only that, but in verse 13, when the Lord saw her, and we'll talk more about this, he felt compassion for her. So even Jesus knew the situation that she was in. Indeed, it was a very challenging situation. Now look at the response of the individuals, of those in the crowd. In verse 16 and 17, after all these things took place, we see a natural response. The Bible says, fear gripped them all. And they began glorifying God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. This report concerning him went out all over Judea and all the surrounding district. And I think that's exactly how all of us would have responded, that when you see someone come back to life at a funeral and someone raising someone from the dead, this is the most natural response. Fear gripped them all. I don't know what I would have done if I saw something like this take place. I think I would have had probably that same reaction. And yet that's that's, that's what they had. Fear gripped them all. And they began saying some things, which is also interesting when you think about this situation. They began glorifying God, saying, a great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And they were absolutely right about that. A great prophet indeed had visited them at that time. A great prophet had arisen among them. This was a prophet, obviously he's talking about Jesus, that Moses had spoken about. When you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 18, Moses had spoken about a prophet that was to come, a prophet that all men would have to listen to. In Deuteronomy 18 and verse number 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen, you shall listen to him. In verse 18, Moses said, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak to them all that I command him. We know from Acts chapter 3 and verse 22 and 23 and beyond, in that context, that indeed this prophet was pointing, or Moses was pointing to Jesus. And indeed, he is a great prophet. And these individuals here were starting to realize some things about Jesus for someone to raise someone back to life. This is no ordinary individual. There is something unique. There is something powerful about this person. And that's why their response was, indeed, a great prophet has visited us. And not only that, God, a great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. Their response was, I think, the natural response in a situation like this. But not only that, I want you to notice something else in verse 17. This report concerning him, went out all over Judea and in all the surrounding district. And I think this is something important as we consider this story. Not only did they have fear, not only did they begin glorifying God, but we see that they began sharing what happened. And how could you not? If something like this happened in 2019, if someone came back to life at a funeral, everyone would be talking about this. Everyone would be sharing this. We take cell phones out and texting and taking photos about, look at just what happened here. Because this does not happen. And yet we find at this unusual funeral that this is exactly what happened. So, what do we do with this story? When you read this week in Luke chapter 7, I got to tell you. There's some other things in Luke chapter 7 which are really thought-provoking, and maybe we can do some studying on those as well. Uh, As this news spreads, it's going to get to John the Baptist later on in John chapter 7, who's in prison, and he's going to have some questions for Jesus. But what about us? What do we do with this story here? What do we do with this miracle? I want to give you three points of application that I think we can take away from this miracle. Number one, as we think about this story here, this unusual funeral, does it cause some amazement in you? Are you impressed whenever you read about a miracle of Jesus? I hope and pray that you really are impressed. Again, maybe you've read this before. Maybe you've heard something on this before. But when you look at what Jesus did here at this funeral, this is impressive. And it really should cause us to be amazed at the miracle of Jesus, at the power that he had, because it certainly was demonstrating his power and certainly pointing to who he is. In fact, if you've been doing your Bible reading, you should hopefully been impressed with a lot of the miracles. In Luke chapter 4, turn back to Luke chapter 4 and verse number 33. In Luke chapter 4 and verse number 33, we see a miracle of Jesus. The Bible says in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by the spirit of an uncle clean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, let us alone. What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst of the people, he came out of him without doing him any harm. And amazement came upon them all, and they began talking with one another, What is this message for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. That was the natural response that people had, amazement. Engagement took place. We see another miracle in Luke chapter 5 and verse number 12. The Bible says in Luke 5 and verse 12, while he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. All throughout our Bible reading this year, we're going to see the power of Jesus being on display as he performs a variety of miracles and as we are reading these miracles our goal hopefully is to be amazed is to see his great power and to see what these miracles mean and the fact that he indeed is the son of God when you look at the story of the widow in the city of Nain it should bring about great amazement to us secondly I think when you read a story like this we should be comforted I believe we should receive some comfort as we look at this story think about the situation here it's a funeral someone has died and yet this woman is going to receive great comfort from Jesus. You think about the idea of death. Death is hard. And again, trying to comfort someone who has lost someone is hard to do. But maybe it's not just with the idea of death. There are many situations that some of us in here this very moment can find ourselves in that can be difficult for others to relate to, to be able to say, I know or I understand what you're going through. And yet Jesus is the one That can truly provide us with comfort and the compassion that we truly need. Not just in moments of death, but in whatever situation we find ourselves. Jesus knows what we are going through. He knows what you are going through at this very moment. He knows your tears, He sees your challenges, and He is the one that can ultimately bring you comfort and bring us comfort. Jesus was full of compassion. And I think this is maybe one of the big benefits of reading through the gospel of Luke this year. When you look at the Bible reading, and I know you could do your own Bible reading, that's fine. But when you could do this immersive type reading, you're going to see the compassion of Jesus throughout the gospel. And you're going to see the different emotions that he had and how he interacted with people. And you're going to see just how much he cared about other individuals. And certainly this is what we find in this story. We should be amazed at the power of Jesus, and we should be amazed at the fact that he is full of compassion and while he demonstrated compassion towards this woman and raised her son back to life. I think there's something bigger that we also need to be thinking about, and that is that this miracle was, was helping us to see and helping people to see that Jesus was more than just a man, that indeed he is the Son of God. And when you think about the response of the people, I think maybe one of the bigger take-homes for us should be is that we should be motivated. We should be motivated to share with others What Jesus has done. Think about this for a moment. And you go back to Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, and you look at verse number 17. The Bible says, this report concerning him went out all over Judea and in all the surrounding district. The people could not keep this to themselves. And rightfully so. A dead man came back to life. In Luke chapter 4, we'll go back to Luke chapter 4. We read this a moment ago. Go back to Luke chapter 4 and look at verse number 37. I showed you the miracle that took place, the amazement of the individuals. Now look at verse number 37. After this miracle was performed, the Bible says, and the report about him was spreading into every locality in the surrounding district. Brothers and sisters, when people saw the power of Jesus, they were sharing what took place. They were spreading what Jesus had done. Other individuals wanted, they wanted to share this with other individuals. And when you think about these miracles, why would you not want to share these miracles with other people? These are life-changing events. This woman's life is going to be changed forever. Now think about us for a second. Think about what we know about Jesus. Think about what you know about his power as Christians, we have been delivered from the biggest problem, the biggest problem that we all have, the biggest problem that the world has, and that is sin. We are Christians. We are born again. We have been reconciled to God. We've been justified. We have been redeemed by the, the saving power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And shouldn't that be motivation for us to share what Jesus has done for us to the rest of the world? And when you really think about it, shouldn't this be motivation for us to share the gospel, to help people to see what Jesus has done for the entire world, that he was raised from the grave, that he died on the cross so that we could have eternal life. When I look at Luke chapter 7 and the response of the people in the crowd the crowd, the people in the crowd said, we cannot keep this to ourselves. We have to share this with others. And that's exactly what they did. And that, my friend, is the mindset we need to have. I think this should be the motivation that we get from this story, that we have the greatest gift anyone could ever have. And that is a free gift of salvation. And how much more should we be sharing what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus has done for the entire world? We have a story of good news, and we have this story that even though we're all going to die, people are going to be at our funeral one day. We may not like to think about that, but that is going to happen one day. But because of Jesus, because of the fact that he has risen from the dead, we don't have to fear death. We know that death is not too big for him, as we saw in this story. And we know by the fact that he has risen from the grave, that indeed he has the power and he will raise us from the grave one day. And therefore, we need to have the confidence in Jesus Christ. He promises us that we will be with him one day, and we can rejoice in this fact, and we need to share this with others. The People in the crowd couldn't contain this. They had to get it out. They had to make sure other people heard about what Jesus had done. And that's the mindset that we need to have as well. This is indeed an unusual funeral. Yet, there are so many powerful thoughts for us to consider as a people of God. Hold on to this story. And as you read in Luke chapter 7, take some additional details and see what else you may be able to find or learn from this unusual funeral. I appreciate your attention this morning. We're going to be dismissed in a prayer and then we'll go to our Bible classes. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are thankful God for the gift of life. We're thankful for your son Jesus who has great power. We're thankful Lord that we have been redeemed by his blood And we are thankful, God, that we are your people. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will help us to continue to share the message of your son, the miracles that he performed, and what he has done for us in our lives. Continue to be with us as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.